Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hi, Joshua. What's going on? Ah, oh, not much. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Doing doing all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you um, have a? Did you do anything for the Independence Day? Any uh, aliens or Will Smith come and harass you? No, Jeff Goldblum though. Yeah, yeah. You enjoyed that uh, though. Oh yeah, I, I enjoyed a Jeff Goldblum and a Vivica A. Fox stripper moment. Oh my gosh, I, for, I haven't seen that movie and I don't even know how long. Jeffrey hates it, so we can't ever watch it. Uh, he's like, no, we're not watching this. Uh, so I haven't seen it in, I don't even know, many, many years. I totally forgot that she was in it. Yeah, she's the she's the girlfriend who becomes the wife. Anyways, point is, what did you do for um, Independence Day? Independence Day? Um, I went to... I went to two different barbecues. Oh, all um, right. Got your eat on. Got my eat on. Uh, the first one was well, the first one was with uh, Mr. Jimmy Kin's uh, bowling friends. Yeah, and uh, the bowlers know how to party. <laughs> um, and it was like the the couple that was hosting it also had a pool, so it was like a little bit of a pool party. Um, wow, bowlers gone wild. Bowlers gone wild. James uh, James won some cornhole. Um, he won the, he won a cornhole game, not like, you know, I understand. Thank you. That was very popular when I, in Ohio, everybody had to have their own set and they would, you know, make them and, um, what do you call that? Like personalize them. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I never played. Well, you may have thrown a beanbag one time, but I just wasn't. Will your cornhole be like the Babadook? Like it's the Babadook's mouth. (laughs) Yeah, if I was going to do one, yeah, it'd be something like that. But I'm not, so I won't. So, no. Okay. <laughs> um told me yesterday, he was reading some article that, like, it's like a third or two-thirds of, like, the nation's bowling alleys have closed. Um, yes. Is If, if, it, was like, the, if it was in the Union Tribune, I, I also read that article as well. <laughs> um. I don't know where he read it. We don't get a newspaper so or anything like that. So I, I don't know. I figured he just saw it on CNN, but it could have been Union Tribune. Well, because um, TJ posted something from the Union Tribune um, yeah. about bowling about alleys. This? Well, about yeah. bowling alleys and like it was specifically bowling alleys in San Diego. Mm. And, it, you know, it was like, like, like how many bowling alleys there are now versus like back in like the 70s. Yeah. And some, you know, unfortunate white man was writing about how, like, you know, the closing of bowling alleys is like the decline 
of the decline of America or whatever. So Jimmy was uh, writing for the Union Tribune, apparently. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I mean, there are still stuff, and I, it's interesting because it's like there are tons of bowling alleys on base, right? There's like four on base. There are very casual, like, five or four lane bowling alleys that are like very hipster but when it but when it comes to like <laughs> like they're like occasional tables like it's just a casual bowling alley over here yes we just, we just strew them about for people <laughs> wandering uh, by like did you, did you i'm traveling with bowling ball is there a, is there an alley here? <laughs> might I, might I, is there an alley it's it's um uh john goodman in his character from uh oh brother where art thou it's ah but but yeah, so it, it's interesting because like you know the folks who do bowling leagues are very um, it's a commitment. It's like a thirty six week commitment, and, right? And apparently, you have a place to, to do that. Yeah, you know? and apparently, it's the decline of Western civilization as we know it because you know no one's committing to something that long term, and we don't know how to build community anymore, according to this man. Right. But of course, like in the same article, they're like, and someone's working on refuting a, a response to his assertions. And it's a woman. And of, of course, it's like a woman who's like, actually, y'all crazy. <laughs> yeah, this guy's like favorite bowling alley shut down. And now he's just like, that's it. We're all Western dead. Civilization has collapsed. I will not stand for this. Yeah. And yeah, he's waging a war. We're going to see like uh, the war on bowling. Yeah. There's going to exactly on Fox news, the war on bowling. They're going to show, you know, five guys in their bowling shoes, you know, roaming, you know, downtown having like a, some kind of March smashing things with their bowling balls, just breaking windshields, bowling pins, flying like projectiles. (laughs) It's a very like, it's a very, uh, um, angry remix of uh, "Gonna Score Tonight" from Greece Two, where it takes place oh in a bowling God. alley. <laughs> oh Lord! Wow. What did you anyway. do for your Independence Day? Well, I c- totally forgot about it. To be honest, I mean, we had um, former uh, freight school, you know, guest Mike over uh, with his. Um, lovely friend, girlfriend, Crystal, and we made Chiapino, which is, you know, delicious fish stew. Mm-hmm. And uh, we played record albums, vinyl record albums, and, <laughs> and drank wine and sat around chatting. It was very fun. And then uh, we kept hearing noises and we're like, oh my God, it's July 4th. <laughs> Just totally, you know, I, I really just kind of spaced it because we had talked last week. I was like, hey, we should get together and maybe, you know, do dinner or something next Sunday. And he was like, yeah, great. So I just been, you know, time, dates, all that means nothing, you know, especially with school. Like since I've just been living in the, you know, here in the in the library mm-hmm. for the last since January, basically, I just don't, you know my whole life is kind of by assignments. You know, I know I've got two days to write that paper and two days to do this. And I've got to read that thing. And, you know, I know book club happens every seven days. 
so I just kind of count my life off by that. So I just kind of, I really just sort of spaced that, you know, the fourth was going on. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really just loving that you have kept up the practice of book club. Um, (laughs) Mainly because I I have not. (laughs) Right. So I, I appreciate that you are, you are keeping it going. Well, you don't read, so it's all right. What are you going to do? And I'll read a magazine. One day I'll show up and uh, I'll just like, I'll read a, ma- I'll take like a pamphlet out and I'll read it. I think it'd be great if you popped in. That'd be super fun. You know, I actually was, it was so funny. I've been going for a few months now. Um, been reading a lot. It's been great. Got a lot of great um, advice on, you know, books and such. We're all, uh, a bunch of us are doing the Mysterious Galaxy here in San Diego has a, um, like a bingo game going from July to September. So like a summer reading program, you know, reminds me of being a kid at the library, you know, and I always, I would. <laughs> oh, Matilda. <laughs> right. Uh, but I read the adult books, which counted for more. So it's like, I always win. I got my t-shirt you know, the whole thing when I was a kid, like I love the summer reading program, uh, you know, cause I've read all the time. So we've been like doing that. So uh, we're all, a couple of us are getting together for, kind of a brunch book exchange next week. So mm. I think that's going to be fun. Uh, you know, cause we've all been talking about different books that we want to read or we want to share. So I think everybody's got to bring a couple books and trade them around. Well, trade look at around. you. Look at yeah. you. Yeah. And I really like it because it's not, um, it's not like a structured book club, you know, it's sort of like, you read, you know, it's the silent book club, silent reading club or something like that. Uh, it's, I believe it's international, but we have like the San Diego chapter and you just get together at, you know, dear listener, you know, look around in your place. If you just want to kind of sit on zoom with some other people and read and talk about books, it's super fun. Uh, and so we just, you know, pick whatever book you want to read and you read it and we do a little chatting about it and I don't know, it's, it's kind of fun. I'm hoping, uh, Grady Hendrick's new book is coming out, you know, here in man, like a week, uh, eight days, something like that. And he, several of us are doing a live, like he's going to do a live book launch event nice on online. And so I bought tickets. I've, I've got like, <laughs> I've got like 10 people who've bought tickets. Cause I think the Jersey ghouls, I think may have bought tickets as well. Um, and then several of the book club members. So I'm hoping we're all going to get his book around the same time and read that together. You know, I actually have like a, like a real book club, uh, and do a whole Grady Hendrix chat because we've been reading. I, I just finished Horror Store and I'm going to give it to them and they're going to share it around. And we all read the Southern mm-hmm. Book Club Guide to Slaying Vampires. And this is um, Final Girls? Yeah, Final Girls Support Group is the new is the new book. So I'm, I'm very excited about it. An excerpt came out and I read, I read it and it's fun so far I, I think it is a little on the nose like the characters all seem to be named for uh, horror movie actresses of like the 70s and 80s there's a Marilyn and a Heather and um, uh, Adrian which is appropriate for today Adrian King from Friday the 13th uh, you so they're all kind of named for that and then you know they all sort of have the background of those characters, you know, Adrian like had her trauma at a summer camp and Marilyn's from Texas. And there's a comment about leather, you know, so it's very on the nose in that way. Uh, but it still was a fun, you know, excerpt to read. So I'm very excited to finish, uh, finish the book when it comes out. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, so it's been an exciting, uh, <laughs> 
week here. Not really. But just lots of reading. Uh, the new Fair Street series started, or the, the, the trilogy of films are going to be released every Friday. So the second one will be out this Friday. Uh, set in the 70s, I think. The first one set in the 90s. We watched it this weekend. Um, and then, yeah, it's the 70s and then 1666, of course. <laughs> as, as you do. As you do. Uh, so I enjoyed watching that. Uh, it Much like the books, you know, it was... It, it did give me that nostalgia. You know, like, we're watching the movie, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what these books are like. You know, so I don't want to g- give too much detail away, because um, it's possible we're going to do some a fun cross-episode about Fear Street, so I don't want to get too too deep into it. Uh, but I've been enjoying uh, reading. I've pulled and been reading some of the old Fear Street books uh, just for fun, because it takes like an hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just kind of plow through them uh and so yeah i that was kind of i don't think i've really i think that's all i watched really this week was book club on oh, the soprano or not book club fear street and the sopranos i started the sopranos i'm i'm pulling a joe and uh you know watching a show from <laughs> what 20 years ago now 20 years like, are you doing it yeah. so that way you can watch the movie that's coming out no, I mean I do. I want to see that. I guess if I finish the series in time, uh, although I doubt I will. Um, but I mean, I probably will eventually watch it. Uh, Vera Farmiga is in it. That's kind of exciting playing the mom. Uh, she's playing Tony Soprano's mom. Yeah, I believe. Oh, so. that's yeah, going to be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, his son Michael is going to be playing him, Tony. So yeah, yeah. so that's uh, kind of exciting. I don't, you know, it was kind of a weird thing of sort of like. I, I I just I never watch The Sopranos, even though I really I like mafia stuff. You mm-hmm. know, um, I know that the story is not really about like that sort of extraneous. You know that he happens to be in the mafia. Um, I mean, not extraneous. It's obviously important to the plot, but th- that's not. It's incidental. About. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, but I like the interaction with his uh, the psychiatrist, and you know, so I, I just I don't know something just kind of hit me, and I was like, you know what. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch nice. The Sopranos. Are you so. watching In Treatment? No, I've heard of it. Uh, but no, I haven't been watching that. I should. I bet that would be fun as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's Uzo Aduba. Who, who, yeah. You know, who doesn't love a good Uzo Aduba vehicle? I agree. I, I do. I do want to watch it. Is it running now? It's. It should be finished now, actually, because it's. Okay. It's like four stories because it's four clients, and it does take place during COVID. And one of her clients is like a nurse who is, you know, providing. And I think it's like episodes where she talks to each of the clients, and then there's an episode where she meets with her own therapist. Okay. Huh. Um, yeah, I'm glad you turned your light. Sorry, listener, you can't see this, but Joshua's light went off and then he started to look like Gemma from Host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they all went off. Um, I don't know. Well, I do know, but I don't want to get into why on here. <laughs> Anyways, some things can be a mystery. Uh, all right. What about you? What, I mean, have you been watching anything, seeing anything? Um, well, I just got caught up on Loki on uh, oh, yeah. on Disney Plus. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, 
as is kind of the thing with these Disney Plus uh, Marvel TV shows, it gets better at the halfway point. <laughs> so yeah. that's when I start to get really invested. But it's also like I just start thinking of it as like this is a very long, like we're edging we're edging a uh, edging us on uh, like a movie, right? <laughs> and so, you know, hopefully the climax is going to be great, but we'll see what happens. I hope so. I hope for you and for all the other people who are watching, I probably, I mean, when Mike was over here last night, they did talk a little bit about it. They're like, Oh, you could probably, you can enjoy it without seeing, you know, the movies or anything, but I, I don't know. Can you, there's a lot of tech. I mean, you, you miss a lot. And I know that you like having that like insider detail. So, you know, you miss a lot of that texture. So got caught up on that. Um, kind of looking for another new show to start or at least waiting for some episodes of shows that I've been watching to kind of build up a little bit. Um, but, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's been, it's been a nice, uh, busy week, uh, in terms of just things outside of, uh, social life, like my professional commitments. Um, so it's been, it's been, uh, interesting to try to find something to just to like unwind. So like I went back and I'm watching like old seasons of top chef, uh, because it's, oh. you know, it's just nice to already know the outcome, but, you know, still see what's happening. So, but yeah. Nice. Oh, and by the time this comes out, um, his, uh, by the time this comes out, uh, he, it will be his birthday, uh, tomorrow. So, um, happy birthday to my little Jimmykins. Oh, um, happy birthday. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, we're. We're going to be having lots of dinners and things with friends and family over the next few weeks. So nice. it'll be his birthday. So happy birthday, love. Oh, that's precious. Uh, Jeffrey's birthday is this week as well. Coming up here on July 10th. Yes. So look at that. And I have, a, I have something very fun planned for his birthday. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, I'm excited uh, for for it. There's a, uh, you know, we're not we never do anything too huge. So you know, we're just gonna have some food brought in. You know, get some catering and just uh, enjoy hanging with friends, drinking. Nice. <laughs> uh, so I guess real quick in horror news, a uh, Blumhouse. You know, they announced that they're gonna take on The Exorcist give it the Halloween 2018 treatment. So I'm kind of excited about that. Um, I really liked the Halloween reboot that they did, you know, with Lori and bringing that back and the whole, you know, 40 years of like trauma and you know PTSD. So fun, you know, generational trauma. Love it. Uh, so I am, I'm very curious to see what that team does with the exorcist. Uh, you know, like anything there's, I'm sure backlash and everybody, you know, gets mad, but I don't care. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'll watch it. Um, what other news was there this week? Uh, Oh, the Adams family Two was finally announced the cartoon. Oh yeah. They're going to, that'll be out in October. I think October 1st or 2nd, they're going on like a, trip to like the beach or something they're going on like summer vacation so oh oh my gosh is it gonna be based on your life i right the photos are hilarious are like you know the 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 press images they released it's like you know uh morticia with like a sun hat and like glasses but she's still like dressed in all black so it is very gothing at the beach which i you know i am a, a 
an enthusiast of that, you know, keep your sunscreen on children, be careful. <laughs> um, there was something else that's coming out, uh, but it left my brain. So whatever. It was just kind of a good. Uh... Oh, I, I was going to say we need to go see the Forever Purge. Yes, that just came out. Mm-hmm. So we need to we need to have a little field trip over to the old uh, theater. Although now with the Delta variant raging through, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> oh, um, I have something when you're done with news because I actually went to go the ahead. movies. Oh, so I went okay. to the movies. Yeah. Um, and I saw Zola, uh, in the oh, movies. Oh, yeah, I saw that, that you went. I was like, uh, where was my invite, Josephine? <laughs> Broseph, I guess I can't call you that anymore, since I'm obviously not important enough. You know, it was, it's, it was very existential <laughs> horror, so it could have fit. Um, yeah. I, I want to see it anyway, just because it looks bonkers. Like, I remember that Twitter, that's the whole Twitter movie. Like, I remember uh-huh. when that was going around. and So I definitely want to see that, even though it's not horror. You know, I, I can take a break from horror. Not long, but at least two hours out of my Oh, it's day. plenty horrifying. <laughs> so, you know, you'll feel right at home in parts. But, oh, good. but yeah, it was, it was really fun. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, like, it was very much... There were parts where I'm like, I don't get this, but then I realized that maybe that's not for me. <laughs> like maybe yeah. this, maybe this particular part is not for me. But I, I, I mainly went to see it because the playwright who wrote Slave Play, um, he co-wrote this. Uh, he co-wrote right. the screenplay, and so it was interesting because like it, it very, it's very much his feel. And the kind of like storytelling and some of the uh, cinematic conventions they're doing are really interesting. Um, we'll see what happens. will come award season. This is probably okay. not going to get anything, but, oh, right. but it's, it's fun. It's a fun, it's a fun, you know, stripper romp. Uh, we definitely could have done it for this series on uh, road trips for sure though. Ah, all right. Well, I, I am looking forward to seeing it. So I'll have to, uh, either carve out some time and go because I it's it's sort of nice the next like six weeks or so I only have two classes uh instead of the three I was taking so I'm gonna have a little bit more uh opening in my schedule yeah just because I'm not gonna be as devoted uh to to school as much school work because I'm not gonna have to carry a whole other class um you know so I want to sneak off and maybe see a movie you know a couple afternoons or something you know just take myself on a movie date. Maybe I'll go see that. Well, let me know. Maybe, I will. maybe I'll join maybe you. You can sneak away too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hopefully uh, work is not listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, I rewatched. So I also saw the trailer for um, escape room tournament of champions. Oh, I bet you're excited about that. I am kind of excited about it (laughs) because I saw, I I saw escape room. I think we talked about it. I saw escape room by myself um, after work and it was a lot of fun. And the trailer looks just like what we wanted, you know, what we want it to be. Like we want it to just be more traps, more quirky, fun things. Um, Yara Shahidi is in it which will be interesting um, because I, I never consider her a scream queen, but you know, this could be her entree into more uh, terrifying roles. So we'll see. All right. Well, cool. That's so exciting. I love that. You're like, you know, 
searching out things that you're not like turning away from things that might be a little horrific. Yes. Um, and so it actually made me want to rewatch the original uh, Escape Room. So I watched it with my mom, but I just didn't tell her that it was a horror film. I think that's what I need to do. Um, <laughs> just trick her. Just, just trick, trick her. her into the horror. Yeah. Oh, and into the horror. <laughs> yeah. And then Joshua, you'd be proud of me because I was at a I was at a um, the second barbecue that I went to. One of my friends uh, was said, Joe. I don't know. He said, I I. There's this horror film that people tell me is a good one I should watch. I'm going to describe it to you because I don't remember the name. I wonder if you'll be able to get it based on this description. And he said, it's about, it's a French movie that is about, that takes place in a house and it's very violent. And I was like, is it Martyrs? <laughs> and he said, yes, yes, it is. And I was like, I mean, this is a movie he had seen it. He had actually not seen it. It's a movie uh, that uh-huh. people are telling him he should see because of, of how a supposedly good and um, one of the, the person he was talking to said it was like one of the best horror films ever made. Hmm. And I proceeded to tell him, I was like, well, I've read the Wikipedia page at least twice, so I probably won't be seeing it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, I'm not sure I would argue that it's like the greatest. I mean, it's, I, I mean, I like it. I enjoy it. We've talked, uh, you know, sort of extensively about it in our like chat with, you know, some other friends, you know, that you're part of. So, you know, that there's a lot of thematic elements that could be discussed, especially, you know, here on Fright School, obviously. Yep. Um, but I do, I, it is very, very violent and it is very disturbing. I think it's a very disturbing film to watch. And so, yeah, trying to kind of figure out how to show it to you without, <laughs> like, I think it's worthy of conversation. Um, but again, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. That's a hard one. It's hard to say that it's like the best. Yeah. Totally get. You know, totally I mean, get. Because if this person's like, oh, it's the best because it's really violently bloody and gory and explicit, then that's fine. That's their definition of, of it. And that that's perfectly fine, you know, but I think even I would grab like Halloween or, you know, <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, over martyrs uh, as something like I wanted, would want to like show people. Yeah. You know, it's more, you know, it's a difficult watch, but one day, maybe one day we'll do it. And it'll just have to be one of those things where we'll put some glass, special glasses on you. That's the day that we watch Mary Poppins together, right? Exactly. Right after, right after. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, this is, uh, as always, lovely to catch up. And uh, we'll be right back to, uh, you know, dive. I can't believe it's been so many. Oh, shit. Almost forgot. I did want to send a special shout out. Horror Movie Night celebrating six years, uh, their six year anniversary. They posted today, so they've got like a greatest hits episode out or of the last year or so of um, episodes. And so I just wanted to like you know congratulate them, go them. Uh, we you know as we've said on the show before, we really appreciate their support and uh, they're just all around lovely dudes. So please give them a listen if you have not. Uh, and yeah, happy sixth anniversary, guys! Yeah, six six six. Oh, scary, gothy devil! <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will be right back to talk about Friday the thirteenth. 
Hey, everybody. I'm Chris Fafalius, and I'm the producer of Chris Makes a Podcast and the host of the One Hit Thunder Podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of Horror Movie Night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape Podcasting Network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can check out our website at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. All right, welcome back. So today we are continuing our lovely, you know, summer of horror, uh, you know, vacation horror, summer camp horror. Uh, cruel yeah. summer is that what cruel we're cruel summer is that what it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and we're gonna do i can't believe we've never done this before it is sort of in an um one of like the big you know villain kind of you know at least of horror in, in the friday the 13th franchise although you know he is not the villain in this movie as we will discuss um but yeah friday the 13th 1980 so exciting right yeah (laughs) this is one of the films the very few films that like we've watched and didn't record right away yeah well because we did it we showed it ahead of the 1984 is that what that season is called of american horror story yes and then i know but we watched it with david on friday the 13th that's right after didn't we go to my favorite murder something yeah yeah we did something but like we watched it with david um late at the house and it was um it was a great way to end the evening for me (laughs) yeah um yeah i you know it's just it's one of those movies that just it it was never like the the friday the 13th series i've seen all the movies of course jason blah blah yes okay uh, I enjoy them enough, but they're not ones that I've ever held in like a like any kind of like really high esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought, you know, with what we're doing, uh, this it also like turned forty last year. Uh, so unfortunate, you know, because we were going to be at cons. I had all these plans for like the fortieth anniversary because like nineteen eighty uh, uh, or t- twenty twenty was like the fortieth anniversary of a bunch of stuff that came out in nineteen eighty. So it was kind of going to be a really cool year. Yeah. Like, so- Film, so now we have to push them off to either this year or wait till their 25th or their 45th anniversaries in a couple of years. Uh, but anyways, so 1980 film uh, directed by Sean S. Cunningham, written by Victor Miller. We got Betsy Palmer, Adrian King, and uh, of course, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> of course, one of my favorite kills. Yes, that it is quite lovely. Uh, and, you know, you all know the story. Teenage camp counselors, you know, trying to gear up, uh, reopen, right? It's like they're reopening this abandoned Crystal Lake summer camp. Camp Blood, they call it. And they get there and they start the sexing and the partying and the drinking and the smoking and the, you know, just the immoral stuff that deserves to be punished severely with murder. And uh, yeah, there we go. That's the film. So go. (laughs) And that's, and that's the film, everyone. That's it. Uh, You know, so we're looking at, it came out again, 1980. So two years after Halloween, you know, which was 
course, everybody, you know, we all, we all love the Michael Myers. Uh, definitely tried to capitalize, I think, on the, on the success of that to uh, various um, successful ends. <laughs> but let's just uh, start with that. What did you, what did you think of watching this? After all the horror films that you've seen, you know, Friday 13th, Joe's take. What is it? Well, it's interesting because it's like you, I mean, I, I kind of wanted to know a little bit more about like the, the, the trope or the genre, subgenre within um, horror about like the camp, like going away to summer camp. Mm. Um, because I mean, like if it was an American horror story season, it's, you know, we've done uh, we did. We've watched Sleepaway Camp in this way as well, where we didn't do an episode right away. So I'm just. It's just. It's so fun, fascinating to me. Also because like I have no, like I have no memories of doing like a summer camp thing mm-hmm. in this way. Like it's supposed to be like a sleepaway camp type situation. I remember like I went. One of the youth organizations on Guam did like a one night sleep on the beach type thing. And so we did that, which was fine. Yeah. But like, it was not like we weren't going to be there for like a week or, you know, weeks at a time. So like, I have, I don't really have a touchstone for, for this other than like, you know, maybe the remake of the parent trap. (laughs) But the, but like to talk about the film specifically, uh, talk about, you know, I thought it was fun. I thought like, wow, this is definitely like, like this is what I thought a slasher was, you right. know, like prior to like, and even then, like when I watched Halloween, Halloween was different. Like I didn't think it, I, I felt like, I feel like more connection to Halloween than I do to uh, Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that was like, that was kind of what I envisioned in my mind. Like, Oh, this is what I wanted a slasher in the same way that I wanted, like that Hills have eyes was what I thought about with, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's ah, kind of I what I figured all slashers would be. It would be along the same kind of lines as Friday the 13th. Yeah, just picking people off left and right. Exactly. But yeah. but now I think I'm I, having watched so many and this is like one of the this is like one of the classics that we didn't get to in the early seasons of our show. So now kind of like coming to it now having this you know huge education as it were of horror films um i gotta say that it's all right like it's not one that i would rewatch, other than like you know whatever you know to talk about the things that we're going to talk about in a little bit um i'm more likely to watch like halloween yeah yeah i i'm definitely sort of in that boat i mean i like friday the 13th for um I think it's nice, like, background, you know, like a Halloween party, uh, or, you know, I do tend to watch it on when there's a Friday the 13th, which I once coming up soon, I think. Yeah, um, I think it's August. I think August, it has a Friday the 13th. Oh, that's right. I'm traveling. I'm going to be on an airplane on Friday the 13th. Oh, my Maybe. God. I mean, if, you know, the apocalypse doesn't... Uh, um, resume with the Delta variant uh, or the whatever uh, we'll see. Uh, But I do like it atmospherically. You know, I just, it does have some fun kills. It's obviously, you know, it's got like the, just the, the way it looks, the way it's filmed, just that ambiance of it. I like to put on, Uh, 
but I, I to your first point though about uh, summer camps because I same I never went. We couldn't afford that. Uh, I mean, my mom. If we could, my mom probably would have loved that. And my grandmother who lived with us like send us away for. I don't even know how long summer camps usually are. They're usually several weeks, right? Or maybe yeah. a month. Oh yeah, easily. They're like at least a month. Um, oh, yeah, summer months. Kids can go for like the whole summer. Yeah, and I know that's like a north, like a northeastern thing. Like that's an east coasty northeastern thing because of you know kids get kids are living in the cities or living in the suburbs, and then this is a way for them to experience right. nature. Um, yeah, but definitely, yeah, can be. I mean, I guess when you live in a place where it's actually nice to live there, <laughs> you you don't go to camp. Um, and then also, like, you didn't grow up here, so you may you may have never heard of this, but uh, um, when I started high school here, there were all, all people would always talk about like, oh, when I went away to sixth grade camp, because apparently that's a thing. I don't know if they did that in Ohio, but that's a thing that they do here, where it's like it was like you know a week long sixth grade camp. Or like a day camp that they would do and they go to like the Cuyamaca wilderness or whatever. And I had no idea. I was like, camp? Like what it what the hell is that? Oh, uh, yeah. No, the closest thing we had was like vacation Bible school, but you didn't really stay anywhere. But it was always filled with activity. So you were like basically gone morning till night every day, you know, being taken to different events and, you know, different, uh, Jesus, Jesus, these things. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Jesus stalked our summers. Um, <laughs> not, not, uh, not, uh, mutilated, um, you know, <laughs> man, stalkers. Yeah. Stalkers. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think it's, um, I just think to your point, it's like, this idea kind of came in American culture to like have these camps for like, yeah, exactly. Like for these city kids or kids who didn't have like, you know, this sort of rural environment to go out and get, you know, get, what is it like Calvin and Hobbes get some character building. Yes. You know, yes. Learning to build a fire or learning to, you know, hike in the woods or whatnot. Uh, you, so is this sort of very, very safe place, especially when you look at, um, I think some of the earliest ones were in the 1800s, but definitely by like the forties and fifties, like summer camp, 50s, 60s, very all-American kind of thing to go do, you know. Where mm-hmm. we, we're summering either, you know, people that go to the Catskills, and that that's a whole other thing is seen on, like, Mrs. Maisel or uh, Dirty Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Old enough to remember that. You know, that this was just sort of a very indicative of, like, a certain lifestyle, you know, to go and safe and have fun and be with family and all of these sorts of, sorts of things. So the idea of you know, with, with Friday the 13th, obviously it opens in 1958 after in 1957, a young boy had drowned because the, you know, irresponsibility of these summer camp counselors. Uh, you know, so this is very like, just very all American. And so this terrible thing happens there. And then you're taking this again, like the suburbs, like Christmas, like other things we've talked about these very safe, happy spaces and turning them into, you know, a, a place of abject horror, uh, I think is, it, I, I hadn't really thought too much about like the summer camp element. Uh, so I'm glad that you brought that up. Cause I, I wouldn't have really just, I mean, we would have obviously talked about the camp, um, but the idea of like where that, the horror idea comes from, you know, w- within camp, I think has always been, I mean, kids tell ghost stories and I'm sure all these summer camps had their own, you know, 
scary stories around the campfire, of course. Like that's also, I think, a a big part of the culture of that. Uh, but the idea that you could like die there and be murdered and whatnot, you know, I think. I, I mean, I, I don't think Friday Thirteenth invented that, but it definitely is. You know, using again a very all American safe space to tell this kind of violent story. Mm-hmm. Fun times. <laughs> but yeah, I never went to camp either. Uh, never did that kind of thing. I We saw um, like Adam's family values, you know, when they decide to send like the Adam's kids to, you know, the um, Joan, uh, what's her name? Jane Curtin. Joan Cur- No. Joan Long Cusack. Told. Cusack. Totally wrong people. Joan Cusack's character like convinces Morticia and Gomez to like send them off to summer camp. That's kind of how I was always envisioned. You know, when I watch that, I'm like, yeah, this looks like hell. Like that is my, in my mind, when somebody says summer camp, I immediately picture like that blonde Amanda girl and all the horrible people in it. Um, what's her name? Um, oh gosh, the, the count, the counselors. This is terrible. My brain, it's just not working anymore. Um, I mean, and she you was in Chicago and Sybil. She was in Chicago and Sybil. <laughs> She played Mary Sunshine. Oh, Christine Baranski. Christine Baranski. <laughs> that's so embarrassing. My gay card's going to get totally Wow, you're going to take it away. But anyways, that, like, that's really, that's what I pictured summer camp would actually be like. And so I never, ever wanted to go to anything like that. I mean, even if we could have afforded it, if I had seen that, I mean, that was sort of my idea. Like, why I had to spend all year in school with these fucking assholes, and now you want me to go when I'm away from them living my own queer, weird little life over here at the library, you want me to go to the woods with those fucks? No, no, thank you. (laughs) So thankfully I never went. And you didn't either, Joe. So there Mm -mm. we go. Look at our deprived childhood. But like, but think about it, right? So like the kids like you and me who never went to summer camp, like then we watch Friday the 13th. And it's like, well, now we'll never go. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Although it's so funny as uh, we were talking last night uh, with, uh, with Mike uh, about doing like, um, like a not, not camping, glamping, you know, like let's rent a cabin up in like Idlewild or somewhere, Joshua tree or whatever. Mm -hmm. We'll go up there and we'll take Friday the 13th and evil dead and the cabin in the woods and we'll like make food and we'll just have like a fun, creepy weekend in the woods. Like I'd be down for that now as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I would have been for that as a kid. Like if that would have been a thing, like, hey, yeah, can we go somewhere creepy and like watch horror movies all weekend? Yes. Sign me up for that. But just for like a night and no hiking. <laughs> yeah. Just like just like making delicious food and drinking and yeah, watching exactly. horror films. Yeah. Like The Rental, that movie, The Rental, uh, you know. Take that with us. Watch that in some creepy Airbnb in the woods. Oh, my God. Which, by the way, I've had to, having had to stay in an Airbnb recently, like, I I can't, anytime I've stayed in an Airbnb since seeing the rental, I can't. Like, (laughs) it it, it really does freak me out. Like, you know, someone's just going to run in and start and knife me in my bed, Um, even though the door is closed and locked. Right. Bolted. Locked and bolted. Gotta stay safe, Joe. Safe from the woods. Uh, all right. So back to Friday the 13th. Uh, <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, obviously, I feel like the whole idea of this film was just a shameless... I mean, it's almost cynical in a way of just like, hey, that Halloween movie did bomb. Like, it, or I mean, did did great. Not bomb, but like, you know, it was bomb. I don't know. Do the kids say that anymore? <laughs> um, what do the children say? Um, anyways, but like, you know, it like did really well. And they were just kind of like, let's look at the whole history of horror. Let's pull all of it together and throw it at this script and throw it at the wall. So this movie, I mean, it has everything, you know, it's got, we've got like, it hits all of like those, uh, like the four tenants of like slasher, but it's like, it's got a final girl. We got false protagonist. We got, you know, the unseen killer. We got death by sex. Everybody dies because they're either having sex or thinking about sex. Basically. Mm -hmm. Um, Except for the first, the, the like that false protagonist idea. So it's kind of like Psycho. Obviously, we open with Marion Crane. We follow her and we think, oh, this is this is the woman. This is who the film's about. And then she gets murdered. And you're like, what? You know, because any that means like everybody's unsafe. You know, just sets that kind of standard. Obviously, that's in Scream as well with Drew Barrymore. She's like this big star doing this film. Obviously, it's about her. Then she gets murdered within, you know, 10 minutes. And so we have kind of the same thing here with Friday the 13th in um, is Annie, I think is her name. Yeah, Annie. All these kids, they're all interchangeable. I mean, yeah. I think when they hi- they even hired them, it was sort of like they need to like look nice, you know, look good in the nude, probably. Look all American. Look all American and be able to read, you know, as long as they can read the lines and like remember them, like they're hired. So I get them. They're kind of, they blend a little for me. Uh, outside of you know Alice, the the final, the final girl here, uh, but Annie in the beginning, which I think that she would have if she had gotten to the camp, she would have had sex with somebody. So mm-hmm. she's got to go. But we follow her; she's all happy. She wants to help kids. You know, she's a hopeful little thing. And then <laughs> slashed, murdered Joe, cutted down, cut down. Uh, you know, obviously the killer, the whole. I mean, with Halloween, you get a lot of those POV shots as well, but you see Michael as well. Mm-hmm. The whole, every every kill is not like from his angle. Um, or, you know, and not every kill in Friday the 13th is either, but there's a, quite a lot of like that voyeuristic, you know, unseen killer view. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the final girl as described in uh, Men, Women, and Chainsaws. That's been popping up a lot more lately, actually. Jo- Jeffrey was reading something to me that he was like, oh, there's this thing by this Clover woman. I'm like, yes, I have that book. What? Yeah. If you listen to the show, right. you would know. He doesn't, he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <sighs> Jerk. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so we kind of get, you know, those beats from Psycho. The whole film really inverts Psycho, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, mm, mm. Yeah, it, it just really feels like the whole, I mean, the the very last shot. I mean, I think they said that um, one of the interviews I read, one of the people involved had went to see Carrie recently, you know, so when they were like working on the film and writing it or he, he had seen it recently and was like, oh, we need like a scare like that at the end, you know, so that wasn't planned. It was just thrown at the last minute with Jason, you know, kind of coming out of the water and grabbing, grabbing Alice. Um, but you know, it's just, it's one of those, I, I, I feel like the Friday, the 13th series, if anything I can say about it is that they are, they're meant to be fun. Mm. 
you know, so with like Psycho, you know, Hitchcock was obviously, he was like very thinking about it, you know, thinking about horror, thinking about, you know, constructing this sort of story to say something. Uh, Halloween, even if it didn't like intentionally set up to say something, it does, you know, it speaks to lots of people, um, you know, plenty of horror film up to this point, it, they, you know, a conversation was happening. And Friday the 13th, it's just sort of like, these movies are fun and kids will go to them and like, we'll make a ton of money, which I mean, they did. I mean, this budget was like nothing and it made $60 million worldwide in 1980. Uh, you know, so it was just like, I, I think that, that the, the nice thing about Friday the 13th is like, if I just want to kind of have a fun slasher, like you were saying, this really is, a, you know, the series as it goes on is very much a slasher. It's just fun. Make some popcorn, get some friends together, make fun of it, laugh. Um, you know, I think that's why I've kind of always avoided doing it for the show because I felt like it wasn't like, what could we really discuss yeah. too much about Friday the 13th? Although we will, I've got, I, I do have a few things uh, that we can glean. We can always, we can always find deeper meaning if we just try hard enough, Joe. <laughs> if we try hard enough to ruin the fun thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I do. I, I think that that's the, that kind of the point is is just to, is to sort of have fun. And these movies are bonkersville as it goes on. They're all over the place with storylines and ideas, and they're just. I, I think overall they're they're kind of fun. So I think that's really the point at the end of the day. Like if I'm going to reach for a Friday the Thirteenth movie, it's because I know I've got like a group of people coming over, and it'll just be fun. You know, let's watch Jason uh, take Manhattan. You know, why not? Let's watch That's... Jason fuck people up in space. Right, exactly. Oh my God, Jason X, Jesus. That is, that movie. I saw that. That's the first film I saw in theaters with uh, contacts. I My contacts were new. I'd never been able to watch a movie without glasses. So, there we go. I think I've mentioned that on the show before, but that was the big, the day I got my contacts, we went to see Jason X. Well, look at you. I love that. That's like, like you know, it's a, a different horror as timeline, horror <laughs> as memory. Yeah, yeah, that came out two thousand one. Oh my gosh, Jesus, twenty years ago! Wow, everything is ah, <laughs> time. Uh, but yeah, no, my whole life is punctuated by horror. It seems, uh, you know, like oh, what year was that? Oh yes, that saw came out that year. I remember it well. <laughs> <laughs> The second George Bush was in office, and we had just invaded Iraq. <laughs> there was a new dance craze and a and a called the Charleston, and the kids were listening to that race music called jazz. <laughs> oh my gosh, we are this is this is too much. Uh, <laughs> Um, I also feel like these movies are just kind of like really like Friday the 13th really kicked off like that 80s excess in horror. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because when we talk about the 80s, obviously, you know, there's always like, oh, yes, money, 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 cocaine. You no, know, the music, everything was just more, 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 you know, bigger, bigger, bigger. And I feel like. Yeah, for it within horror, like that kind of really got ushered in with this because I mean the movie is just it's all over the place. It's re- you know it's filled with every you know 
thing you want in like a slasher film. And then as, as the decade wore on, these movies just got more and more, you know, because they had the money, you know, they were making money and they were able to, to make them. So they just were like, yeah, sure. Why not? And I think a lot of, uh, films you know a lot of the the fun slasher movies in the 80s kind of reflect that same like feeling of like excess like yeah more blood more boobs you know triangle boobs thank you jackie thank you um (laughs) lots of sex lots of just you know death and um death and sex and (laughs) so to get into obviously you know like i said earlier the film it feels like it inverts the psycho narrative, mm-hmm. you know, in a way, because psycho is about, you know, a boy and his mother and a, and a shower, a cold, cold shower. Uh, <laughs> but, but he is impersonating, you know, or he's like, you know, having this like DID situation with his, with his mother's corpse. So become becoming him. So, and in this film, obviously at the end, which, um, what was I, I re- was it Siskel? Did you see that story at all where he was like so angry about this movie that he actually gave away the uh, ending? Let me Mm-mm. see if I can find it. I, I had a note here somewhere. Oh, so much, so much, so much stuff. Oh, sorry. I should have found this earlier. I should have found the quote. I'm pretty sure it was like Siskel and Ebert. No, he. I've heard of this before, but I've never uh, where he was so angry that he just gave it. He gave away the the surprise at the end. Yeah. I put it like in the, like the, uh, I was just trying to figure out the, I wanted to find the actual quote. I should have found it earlier. Um, it's so dumb. <laughs> I thought I had it bookmarked, but obviously not. Anyways, I thought that it was, yeah, he hated the original Friday the 13th so much that his newspaper deliberately revealed, you know, because he wanted to, like, save people. Like, don't bother going to this movie. Uh, Yeah, he said, now there, I hope I've ruined Friday the 13th, which is the latest film by one of the most despicable creatures ever to infest the movie business, Sean S. Cunningham. Uh, you may have heard one of his other films, The Last House on the Left, a film in which a teenage girl is forced at gunpoint to urinate on herself and then is shot in the head. So he really, really hated that guy and this this film. So yeah, he totally just blows the whole ending within the first. Um, yeah, it's like the second or third paragraph is like, this is what's happening in this movie. Don't bother. <laughs> so the point of, of that is that, yes, we know that the, the twist in the end is that it's, you know, Jason's mother is the killer. Now, that was probably spoiled in pop culture for you before you ever saw this movie scream scream spoiled it for me scream yeah i guess that that was probably an error to show you scream without friday the 13th so we can't really we don't know how surprised you may have been i remember being surprised i um you know when, when i first saw it. my mother obviously seen i saw this sometime probably in the early 90s for the first time uh, because the film spends so much time, like in this very, I, we're trained, you know. By by this time, I'd seen so many other horror films and so many other slasher films. I definitely saw Halloween before I saw Friday the Thirteenth. I'd seen Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't even know how many times, like about that series, you know. But by, by the '90s, so by the time I really sat down and watched this, 
um, you know, you kind of already know what to expect, you, you know, so we're following some man around murdering, you know, young girls and young and young men and women. So I, I do remember being like, wait, what? <laughs> um, in the end, you know, of having that sort of that flip, because it had not, you know, I, I didn't know yet, you know, the sort of analysis around horror did not exist when I was, you know, six, seven, eight years old. <laughs> and my mom, you know, my mom showed it to us without, you know, without warning us uh, or without, you know, just didn't tell us. So it's, it does make rewatching when you have that information and you're watching it, you're like, is this pot? Like, how is it? You know, cause you've got a picture her now in every scene. Yeah. It kind of, it, it, it's, that was difficult. Cause I was like, well, I, I believe that this is Jason. Like, as you know, you're conditioned to kind of believe this is Jason. You I know the sequels, you know, and, and it's just so fascinating that they, 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 they basically were like, actually we did such a good job of the red herring that now, you know, cause it's like, it's not like, you know, Patricia, Vo- Patricia, right? Pamela, Pamela Voorhees Pamela. Yeah, Pamela going Voorhees. to space, you know, and killing people. It's Jason now. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's not, you know, Freddy versus Pamela um, or anything. Uh, that'll be the title of this episode, Freddy versus Pamela. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's, it, that's the, I think like what confounds me with this film is like, well, with Halloween, like, you know, it's Michael, you know, he's the shape, you see him, you, the, the mystery and the terror behind it is that he never talks, you don't know much more other than what people are telling you all secondhand. So, so like that in and of itself is terrifying. But with this, it's like, the red herring of like, actually, the person who's killing people is the mother doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it does you have to kind of because then it recontextualizes all the kills too, like how strong is she? And again, I mean, she's got like some sort of dissociation happening, you know, where she's like talking, you know, in that voice as Jason as a as a kid, you know, encouraging, um, you know, his mother to kill people and to you know to get revenge, get vengeance for him. Uh, you know, there are stories of like you know adrenaline rushes that can happen, you know when people want to save their kids or do, you know, things. So there, there are, you can stretch, I think the, the thought, you know, like, Mm -hmm. well, I guess it's possible. She's like lifting these kids up and, you know, nailing them to doors or whatever, you know, knives through them and doing things, I guess, in some sort of like, you know, adrenaline filled rage. (laughs) But it definitely, you do have to kind of like, just think about all the kills in the, in the film of like, you know, like when her hand, like, you know, that's like her hand coming up over the bed to like stab him through the neck. Yeah. uh, Kevin Bacon's character, Um, which again, another, you know, big actor right here. I I mean, I think he'd done some TV or something before, but this was like the, the, the first film. We're going to have to just have a whole big list of those people as we go along. All the, all the, all these A-lists. They got their starts. <laughs> and started in some, you know, cheesy horror film in the 70s and 80s. It would have been more effective. I mean, you know, it's, it was like 40 years ago. So what do I know? <laughs> uh, yeah. But I feel like it would have been more effective if it was this, the reveal that you get in uh, Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow, where... It's, you know, it's someone else who is, like, demonically controlling 
like ah uh, i see jason yeah. so you know she if she was like you know learned magic from somebody who basically taught her how to like not only resurrect her son but help you know help him exact revenge right like a golem situation yes yes you know? yeah yeah maybe um yeah that's an interesting idea for it uh it definitely it does help though with like explaining sort of why people are like friendly you know like that girl like gets right in this truck this stranger's truck but it's because it's some friendly it's an old lady it's some you know like it's you know it's not some creepy disfigured killer like that she's all like hey (laughs) you know um thanks for the ride but again this you know the 80s different time period people hopped in cars all the time who would we want to pay in the remake of this right when we remake it for blumhouse uh (laughs) yeah hello jason are you listening (laughs) yeah um who who we get to play pamela Voorhees? I don't, you know who I saw was one of the people approached to play her that I thought was funny was Estelle Parsons, who played Roseanne's mom on Roseanne. <laughs> okay. Can you imagine her? Like, yes, worries. But that would have been back then. We can't do that for our uh, our remake because she's like 90-something, I think. So not her. Uh, I don't know. Um, Frances Conroy. Oh, that would be a good one. She'd be creepy enough, I think. She could pull that off. Uh, but of course I think what I were, it's sort of like the Chucky movie they made with like Aubrey Plaza playing the mom. It's like, isn't she 12? What is happening here? You know? So it's going to be like that. It's going to be like Sarah Paulson. Yeah. Is the mom, <laughs> you know, who would be really great? Cause just, she would give like just the best performance is Alexandra Billings. Okay. Uh, who is that? I don't know if I know her. Um, she was on, was she on Nip Tuck? Um, she's a, she's a famous, uh, trans actress. So we, uh, but like, it would be interesting to kind of see her do it. Okay. Yeah. I think I recognize her seeing her. Yeah. I'm here for that. You know, again, if it's like Blumhouse, then who knows? But like, if it's Ryan Murphy, then it's going to be Sarah Paulson or, um, or Jessica Lang. <laughs> Jessica Lang is Pamela Voorhees. <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, like, that's the obvious thing, but. <laughs> no, I think they, they would skew younger now. So, you know, again, with this film, like, kind of some of the critique out there, there's not a ton. Because, I mean, I think I think this is one of those movies that is fan loved like people love it but there's not like even in the books like you know men women and chainsaws has a few comments about you know especially like the uh, pulling the rug out from under like the gender construct that we've come to expect in horror but there's not much devoted to really discussing an analysis of friday the 13th nothing in um the monster show really even monster like monsters in the closet doesn't have anything like none of the books that we, you know, uh, pull from for analysis for some of these films, like really give too much, you know, to Friday the 13th because they, the view is always that it's sort of this big rip off of better films, mm-hmm. uh, which again, I mean, I, I don't think anybody would argue against that. I think even Cunningham was like, yeah, I mean, we took the, you know, the, we wanted to, throw everything at it, you know, just all the stuff that you love about your favorite horror films. Like we put into this, um, with the big twist being that, you know, it's, it's the mother and not, you know, this hulking, you know, mass that we're used to, you know, that we think of when we think of like a slasher, 
but so anyway, so the, the, the critique that does come through is that idea of like, you know, why does cinema uh, still demonize grieving mothers even to this day? I mean, this is an old, you know, an old, an old trope that continues to play again, even against like um, what we know about psychology and what we know about grief. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of times people, you know, they, it's, uh, of course, it's terrible. It's awful. It's awful to lose a child. It's awful to lose someone. Uh, but a lot of times we find, you know, strength and not uh, murderous insanity. <laughs> but, you know, it happens a lot in, within horror and within culture. Yeah. Uh, this idea that, you know, uh, and again, it comes back to, so this is from Denise Turner, a, a lecturer in social work at the University of Sussex, uh, who does work on, uh, does research uh, about bereaved parents. And, you know, there's this romanticized notion of motherhood in our culture, uh, to be an archetypal mother is to be selfless, endlessly loving, and without negative emotion. To be a good mother is also to nurture your children. Certainly not to let, in quote, your child die. There are ever-increasing expectations on mothers to entertain and nurture children to impossible standards. Therefore, death is the ultimate failure of motherhood, as we see in, um, um, in, in you know, in, uh, in horror films and whatnot. It's like, you know, we blame the mother. It's always the mother, yeah. right? In culture, like, it's always the mother has failed some way, somehow, and so her baby has died or grown up to be some kind of serial killer, some kind of murderer, some kind of terrible uh, being. Uh, and so it kind of goes on. It just discusses, you know, several films, you know, looking at things like the hand that robs the cra- uh, rocks, the cradle, the hand that rocks the cradle. Have you ever seen that with Rebecca de Mornay? No, but I'm familiar with the title. Yeah. So it's kind of the same where she's like, plays this nanny who I think lost a child to miscarriage and is just, you know, like she's just so racked with grief that it becomes murderous rage. And she like moves in with this family and tries to like, you know, kill the mother and take over as the, as the matriarch. Um, you know, so like films, like they perpetuate this notion that rather than gaining strength from grief and ultimately learning to live with loss, women, uh, in particular transformed into something monstrous, uh, robbed of the quote, softening glow that motherhood traditionally brings, um, you know, and then it just kind of looks at, I mean, there's all, there's several films mentioned in this, uh, but, um, there's, where's the Friday, the 13th, there is a Friday she references that somewhere. Man, I really was like, I'm so sucky today about um, making sure I highlighted the things I wanted to discuss. It's okay. It's summer vacation. Right. Anyways, but just the point that, yeah, in this in this film, obviously, that's, the, that, that's what it's trying to say at the end of the day, that this woman was just so driven by her, like, grief that she has to keep this... Um, camp closed and she will murder all these innocent kids because they are the ones who didn't do their jobs. You know, not her, you know, she was a good mom. She was a good mommy and they, they failed her child. And so she, you know, has to, has to have her vengeance mm-hmm. by, by, by murdering innocent, innocent young kids, just trying to have a good summer, you know, just trying to make kids happy. But I don't know. I, I I think she might be onto something. Teenagers suck. And if they can <laughs> if they can be having sex rather than watching your kids not drown, then maybe that's it that's probably you know, the case. That's probably is what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Machete them. <laughs> 
She's also very, you know, again, we have another, like, like with uh, Michael Myers, you know, he, I think the thing that gets lost is like, he's a creative type, you know, he's artsy, you know, he's getting like the gravestone and setting things up and doing these tableau. It's the same here. Like Pamela, she's had a lot of time hanging out, thinking about these things, you know, triggering just enough. So when she opens the door, you know, the bodies swing in or they, or they uh, hang from a door and it's just, I, I, there's some, there's something very artsy craftsy about it. That's, that's what summer camp is about. Arts and crafts. Know? Arts and crafts. <laughs> um, yeah. So oh anyways, <laughs> again, I think this is just, it's a fun movie. I, you know, I, I do appreciate like, again, like having a conversation about grief, having a conversation about how that shows up in horror. We've discussed that a lot on films like hereditary and the Babadook, which are, you know, thought of as more like these kind of highbrow films, but this is in everything, you know, there, there, there are horror films that, that deal with these very real traumas. And um, Friday the 13th, I think is one that in all of the sort of the messiness of it uh, at, at, at the, at the heart is this, you know, really broken spirited woman, you know, who misses her son. And, uh, you know, again, therapy folks, that's what we want to stress. Uh, get, get yourself some therapy and not murdering people. (laughs) But I guess for some, it's the same thing, right, Joe, you know, Uh, exactly. Sometimes (laughs) murder is therapy. Apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyways, happy summer. We we finally did this movie. We we you know, we put it off long enough. If you're listening um, to this and you're at a summer camp, good luck. Right. I do wonder if this can be classified sort of in that like psycho bitty genre. Like we haven't really touched that much yet. Um, you know, I, I would like us one day to do whatever happened to baby Jane and kind of look at some of those films, the hag exploitation films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if this kind of falls into that or not, but mm-hmm. she's obviously a very, um, it, like the, the twist, the Pamela Voorhees twist is pretty famous in that realm. So I, uh, I wonder if it could be considered, I don't know. Let us know, dear listener. Do you consider it? Do you think, Hey, this is definitely a psycho bitty film or, you know, whatnot. Anyways, this has been uh, lovely as always, Joe. I hope that you enjoyed uh, your rewatch of Friday the 13th. And, um, you know, take, take, well, I don't know. I'm still kind of curious. I need to, I need, we need to have Jimmy Ken's over a little bit more so to really figure out if he's a serial killer or not. You know, the bowling disturbs us. So, <laughs> and we're back to the bowling. Yeah, so I don't know if I want you alone with him in a in a in a in a in a cabin yet in the woods, but well, I mean, we'll we'll have to see. I'll, I'll invite you, and then we can really have a good time. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you, dear listener, as always, for uh, you know giving us your attention, and uh, you know, let us know what you think of Friday the Thirteenth. Is it you know does it deserve more of a classic status, or you know, is it? Is it just a cynical rehash of better films that came before? And with that, we leave you. Yeah. Good night. (laughs) 
Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. listening to the Geekscape Network.